time for your heart-stopping news-packed 60 minutes of regular trolling. Webmaster Radio presents The Pulse. The Pulse. Take your seat among the experts in the search engine marketing arena. This weekly radio show keeps you informed of the latest search news, offers insight on the biggest forum discussions, and puts your finger on the pulse of the search marketing community. Our hosts have made their way to the round table. The Pulse, the Pulse. The Pulse. starts now. Hello. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the 21st edition of the Search Bowl. Today is Tuesday, February 27th. My name is Barry Schwartz from the Search Engine Roundtable um, from the company Rusty Brick. Like always, with me today is Ben Pfeiffer, the senior editor of the Search Engine Roundtable. He's known as Phoenix, and he's from the company RankSmart. And Chris Boggs, the associate editor of the Search Engine Roundtable, who works in the SEO department as a search strategist strategist at Avenue A Razorfish. Um, so I want to, I'm posting a link into the chat room for the from the 20th edition, which we went over last week. So if you missed it, you can go ahead and check, check it in our archives. Just go to the archives section and click on the search pulse, and you'll find that towards the top of the entries on that page. Uh, the big news for at least you know the search and roundtable is that we launched a new version, uh, version 3 of the site design. Um, I mean, we've been working on it not too long. It's probably about three weeks. Um, our designer internally, Mike, um, you know, I discussed, you know, what I wanted to do with the site, and he worked up some mocks, and then we had one of um, our programmer um, to actually code up the site in CSS and everything, and it was fairly easy. Uh, it was a fairly easy change. Um, we didn't really, it didn't really take much time. Um, most of the functionality is the same. Uh, doesn't really impact any of the SEO. It's just pretty much a facelift. Um, so the new features, obviously, is a new look. There are less number of ads on the site. We only have six ads now. Um, there's a revised authors page. There's a, a revised forms page. There, you know, the archives page is a bit jazzed up. There's some testimonials from people like Danny Sullivan, you know, Batapi from Webmaster World, Rand Fishkin, Gary Price from Ask.com, and I'll be getting a few more testimonials. We'll see. Um, I revised the seals page. If you want to get yourself a seal, that'd be cool. And um, some other things like uh, easy to understand subscribe pages and added custom 404. It's just some general SEO stuff that I was too lazy to do in the beginning that I just done now. Um, so we got a lot of great feedback. We made some changes based on that feedback, and you know I, I'm, I pretty much I like it a lot. So I just wanted to you know let's first start with Ben. What are your overall opinions on the new design? Yeah, I'd like to design a whole lot. I think it's a lot fresher and it's uh, easier to understand and use and as well. And, um, you know, I was working with you all in the beginning, kind of looking over this in a while, and I think Barry did a really good job kind of directing what you wanted on the site. Um, I think the navigation works really well, especially kind of like the drop-down six boxes on the left-hand side. Um, and it just kind of brightens it up a little bit and makes the content pop a little bit more. So um, overall, a much-needed change that looks excellent that I think definitely, you know, will work really well for Search Engine Roundtable. Cool. Thank you. And Chris, what are your thoughts? I hate it. <laughs> no, just uh. kidding. Uh, it looks really <laughs> good, man. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it takes a little getting used to uh, having the tabs on the left side I uh, had to get used to. I think that, you know, just from a personal opinion, I think that the, uh, that the tabs on the very top, the links at the very top, could, like, be a little brighter white or something. I don't know. They don't stand out enough. But I think my very favoritest part of the site is the little tiny uh, cartoon berry with a uh, with a magic wand that's on to the right of all the uh, little various uh, stumble it and dig it and all that. That's a really cool little touch. 
And it, I guess it's also a link to Cartoon Barrier. It's just got a, uh, it's just got an old attribute that says Cartoon Barrier. But I think that's the best part. That's my favorite part of the site. Uh, but Thanks. yeah, good job, good job. It looks really good. Yeah, I mean the designer put it there. It's really like the social barrier. Um, it's asking you to actually use our social links there. Stumble upon Netscape, dig it. Um, you know, delicious, and obviously the Google Co-op, which is pretty cool. So if you guys, you know, do see a post you like, please use the social links over there and, you know, participate. You should, cha- you should change that all the attribute then to social berry instead of cartoon berry. Yeah, I didn't even notice that, actually. Uh, I didn't even know it had an alt attribute, but I'll go ahead and take a look at that. <laughs> Thanks. Um, also, no talking about the Google Co-op, um, if you do a search now on the site, it's using the Google Co-op, um, the custom search engine. It's a really great result. I personally... Um, I find myself often using a site colon command to find things on the search engine roundtable, and this basically just does the same exact thing, but it's built in within the site, and it's really quick, unlike the previous search. So that's one of the functionality changes, and it's been working well, so I really like it. Um, so when we get, I'm going to go into a quick commercial break now, and when we get back, um, we'll start talking about some of the core topics of the week, including a Google algorithm update, um, a patent they released, a big bug with Microsoft Ad Center, and some other things with the AdWords algorithm. So let's hit a commercial break now, and we'll be back very soon with the new uh, exciting topics. Everyone, we'll see you soon. Sit tight and don't move. The Pulse. Pulse. We'll be back after this short break. One traffic? For results without hassle, look no further than Search Ad Network. Focused on your core goals, our dedicated account management team will drive your online sales, increase brand recognition, and generate leads for offline sales through expert search engine marketing and technology. In addition, Search Ad Network offers free click fraud detection and API access into all major engines to ensure your business reaches their desired ROI. Visit SearchAdNetwork.com today to experience true profit through performance. Have you heard that Content is king? Yeah. What's that mean? I don't even have a clue. Hmm. Wonder if that's important. Important? Search engine optimized web content is essential. Essential for maximizing page rank. Essential for increasing sales. GetWebContent.com is the internet's foremost provider of custom written search engine optimized copy. GetWebContent.com is easy to access and ultra cost effective. Right now, copy is indeed king. And GetWebContent.com is the king of copy. Check it out today. MarketingExperiments.com Learn how we increase traffic by 446% with our Google AdWords campaign while reducing cost per click by 58% at MarketingExperiments.com MarketingExperiments.com Log on and register for our interactive SEM certification course today and discover how to build, target, and maximize ad campaigns like an expert through our proven paid search optimization formula. MarketingExperiments.com For details, see MarketingExperiments.com slash PPC Marketing Experiments Discover what really works. Welcome to the Daily Search Cast. Dig beats Google News on the Rumsfeld story. Dig is in the doghouse. You know, I mentioned yesterday how, like, we, we had a story get dug, and then all the people were, like, at Dig commenting, like, and why'd they get dug rather than the actual story? Like, it was, like, our fault that somebody went through and submitted it or whatnot, and I silly posted out there. 
Anyway, so Danny's going to do, Danny's going to post a link to it in the dailysearchcast.com. That's right. Find the comments and give us a whole bunch of digs. And while you're at it, just keep submitting our stories to dig and also to iTunes. And you can also buy the t-shirt. No, you're going to be t-shirt. And you'll get a free yo-yo from it. Barry will send a yo-yo to everybody who gives him a dig. Oh, and then we'll get banned from dig because you're not allowed to give away yo-yos for digs. (laughs) The Daily Search Cast with Danny Sullivan. Monday through Thursdays at 11.30 a.m. Eastern, 8.30 a.m. Pacific. And if you missed any of this week's shows, check out the Daily Searchcast Week in Review. Friday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Podcasting at the speed of sound. WebmasterRadio.fm. The flamethrower. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. Now, back to The Pulse, Pulse. only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's your host. Hi, and welcome back to The Search Pulse. This is Barry Schwartz, and again with me today is Ben Pfeiffer and Chris Boggs. Um, I just got an email asking if we have a mobile version. Um, Yes, we do. It's described in the About Us page. It's just seroundtable.com slash m for mobile or or mobile.html. Either way, you'll get there. So if you need a mobile version and you are stuck somewhere and you just need your daily fix of, you know, search buzz, you know, seroundtable.com slash m for mobile. Um, all right, so the first thing I wanted to discuss was that there was a, a President's Day algorithm update. Basically, on starting on Friday, um, February 16th, and over that weekend, uh, President's Day weekend, there was a major Google update where we did not have confirmation from Google yet, but a lot of people have been talking about this update. And uh, it looks like... I mean, I didn't notice much change in, uh, at all, but it looks like a lot of people, there's like a huge thread in Webmaster World and other forums about this, and some chatter over at the Webmaster Radio IRC chat room that, you know, a Monday or so about this change. So, I mean, a lot of people are happy, a lot of people are upset, of course, with any update, and I just wanted to get you guys' feedback. So, Chris, have you noticed any changes at all? Well, as usual, I'm kind of like sitting here worried that maybe we're... We're missing something, but the good news is that we haven't noticed any negative update. Uh, one of the engineers said he did see one side jump up out of nowhere for a pretty competitive term, so he was stoked about that. But uh, really, uh, I asked all the engineers and analysts today, and, and none of them have really seen any major changes for any of the sites we're monitoring. So uh, I don't know if that's good news or bad news. No, I, guess, I mean, it's good, you know. We'll see. I guess it's good. <laughs> but yeah. uh, what are you thinking, uh, Ben? Um, I, I kind of concur with Chris. Uh, some of the sites that we've been watching for a long time just haven't really moved that much, and um, it seems to be, you know, if, I just I'm not really in agreement that there's this huge update going. Um, and people are kind of commenting on the forums, and I was going through some of the threads on Webmaster World, and they're like, I've seen a huge drop in my traffic. I've lost all my traffic, and you know, rarely do you see like a percentage of like how much traffic's actually been lost, and what type of traffic, and for what particular keywords. People don't give up that data, and so um, you know, for a few examples, it was like traffic dropped twenty five percent or ten percent. It's like, okay, well, that could you know relate to a variety of different things. So um, you know, from my standpoint, I haven't really seen that too many changes. Um, you know, since like Valentine's type of thing. Um, you know, people are commenting about maybe it had to do with Google adjusting some phrase bank based indexing or something like around in, in that aspect, but. Um, you know, I, I'm kind of in agreement with Chris and y'all that nothing really happened that much. 
Cool. Yeah, I mean, so that's, I mean, all three of us agree, so, I don't know. I mean, there was no official confirmation from Google. There isn't always official confirmation from Google on this. It might have been just, I don't know. I mean, I, I really don't know. So, anyway, you can go check out the Webmaster World thread. I posted a link to it in the chat room. Um, the next topic I wanted to discuss was a patent released by one of our buddies named Matt Cutts over at Google and his friends um, named Removing Documents. It was filed back in August 22, 2005. And basically, it's like a dig-like approach where, obviously, using Google personalized search, people can click on the Remove Results. And when people click on the Remove result. Um, it gives Google some information that obviously this person finds this result not to be relevant to their search or it's a bad result. Um, so when obviously Google added that remove button, that whole personalized search feature, everybody talked about how you know Google cannot you know use that remove link. Um, the number of times somebody hits remove and removes the result as a way to you know determine rankings. Um, so. I mean, because it's just, you know, obviously you have spammers going there, register a billion accounts and stuff like that. But the patent does read it very interestingly. So t let's take a look at this. Um, line, method comprising aggregating information regarding documents that have been removed by a u group of users and assigned scores to a set of documents based on aggregated information. And 41 says, I'm not going to read it. It's, it's, anyway, it's basically just saying you have to form a, a group of users. You could trust those users, identify those users as legitimate users, and then group them all together and define their relationship. Once you define their relationship, you can actually determine based on what they're removing if, you know, you can actually assign a different score to that, and maybe there's some type of relevancy type of thing there. What we found interesting is um, we got a, uh, um, a keynote conversation with Google's Matt Cutts back from SES London where, you know, Lee Evans, who's in the chat room right now, how are you doing, um, actually went ahead and um, covered that conversation, and we posted at the Search Engine Roundtable, where Chris Sherman of Search Engine Land asked Matt Cutts of Google, he asked, crystal ball time, where do you see Google going in the next three to five years? And Matt said, in my you know, personal opinion, obviously, he said, personalization and localization. So obviously, he's a big believer of personalization. The question is, how much are they going to go ahead and do that? I personally don't see Google... Um, changing the results anytime soon based on people clicking on the remove the result outside of being people being logged in. So if my group of friends or my group of uh, your trusted users are clicking on a remove document, then maybe that will be removed from my um, personalized search results. But as an aggregate, I don't see people who are not logged in being affected by the remove a result feature. Um, that's my personal thoughts. It could change over, you know, maybe in five years I can see it happening, but I don't see within like two or three years that happening. Um, Chris, I think we could hit you first. Let's go with Ben now and see, Ben, what are your thoughts on this whole thing? Um, I, I think this is a positive for the user in a lot of ways, um, you know, especially from the personalization angle, uh, just improving it a lot better so that users get better results for what they're looking for. Um, you know, from an SEO side, obviously, you know, we're, there's probably not something that we're too great, hap too thrilled about because, you know, we, it's another kink in the the system, I guess you could just say, to work out. Um, but, you know, the patent's really interesting um, in the base of how, you know, they're saying they're going to use aggregate data, um, and it's it will go a long ways, I think, to improving some of the searches. Um, so it's, the question is, I guess, kind of how much are they using this, if they are in any form or fashion right now, to do that type of stuff. I know we have another thread kind of talking a little bit about, um, you know, click data and stuff like that and how Google uses that. So in combination with some of this stuff, um, you know, they can really make some changes to the search results on an individual personalized basis. Right. 
Yeah. And Chris, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, first of all, I just want to ma- mention, uh, you just mentioned about the chat room, and I'm really bummed that I can't be in the chat room right now because there's uh, something wrong with the system. And so all my peeps out there in the dog pound, I want to holler at you and say I wish I was with you. <laughs> but uh, anyway, I'm flying blind today, which is good. It gives me more time to research. Uh, I think this uh, is definitely an interesting topic. I, I kind of agree with uh, what you were saying earlier, Barry, about the idea that, you know, three to five years, personalization, eh. You know, we often, we have these kind of conversations and we get into these groups of people where, yeah, maybe three to five years from now, everyone listening to this particular uh, show or, or one of the future podcasts, as well as people that are SES London, et cetera, et cetera, we might all be using personalized search and, and this kind of, uh, um, you know, this kind of feature in, in helping to improve the personalized results is going to help us all. But I really don't see, uh, you know, I'd be really happy if my mom or stepdad or even my brother, who's not too search savvy, would just be using Google effectively in three to five years. So um, as far as the personalization, I think it's something to, of course, keep an eye on. Uh, but it's not something that's really going to be uh, adopted by a majority of the people. I think it's really important, though, to talk about the Google Co-op for a minute. Uh, this is something that, you know, since it first came out, we, we've taken a look at, and uh, it's a very, you know, it's a very walled product, I guess you could say. It, it's, you know, we, we've taken a look at it, and it would be very difficult to try to affect any sort of uh, um, meaningful uh, changes to any rankings, even within the co-op listings, based on the way they've set it up, which is very good. I think it's a good community. Uh, they seeded it with a few people, like uh, they had a couple doctors in the health uh, directory sector that were uh, working uh, specifically on labeling pages. They have a few really well-respected sites now, uh, Health on the Net, WebMD, et cetera, that are responsible for the majority of the labeling that's going on in there. So I, would, I could honestly see like a, a category like that in, in, in pharmaceuticals or in, in medical-related things where it, the, the Google co-op labelings could, in, sooner than later, help affect or be, become part of the algorithm for the regular search. Now, some people are going to say I'm crazy for that, but it's it certainly the way they're setting it up, it, you know, they, they should be able to trust the user base. And the one part that you didn't get to, and I'll, then I'll shut up, but... Uh, you said, uh, you know, you were about to talk about the next point in the, uh, in the uh, patent application where they're, they're going to be identifying a set of legitimate users and a set of illegitimate users. So it's important that they're, uh, that they're discerning between those two uh, unique sets and that they're actually giving credence to one particular set of users. So this is something that will take time. And, uh, you know, if you plan on potentially helping to affect the rankings in two, three years from now, you need to get started now in participating, and uh, then you'll become one of the quote-unquote legitimate users, I think. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not, I don't think you're crazy, but I don't think the labeling part, um, as opposed to, there's two different, there's labeling and there's also the um, subscribing. And a person could subscribe to a a um, trusted user who provides their own search results or own labeling. So, for example, right. search, as a search and roundtable, we have a co-op link where if you do certain types of searches, let's say you do Google or you do link building or whatever, up comes in the subscriber links and, like, in the sponsored results, really, up comes listings, um, RS, really RSS results from the link building section of our blog or from the Google section of our blog, and up comes the most recent post based on how I coded it. And... I have about, we have about 
I think about 1,700, 1,800 people who have subscribed to our Google Co-op link, and if they do searches while they're logged in, um, they trust us to provide good results for the types of queries on, on search engines. And yes, I know, Chris, you are a subscriber. I don't know if you <laughs> log in all the time when you do searches, but um, I would love for more people to go ahead and subscribe to us. It's very easy. Just go to seroundtable.com, look next to the little you know, cartoon me in the footer of each post, and over there is a little link to Google Co-op. Click on that link, then click on subscribe, and then do a search like Google or link building or anything related to search, really, and up comes um, subscribe links uh, with most recent posts from, from that category to you guys. So um, in terms of trusted users, I think that is kind of where it's going. Um, you, know, you know, trusting somebody and trusting a publisher to provide the best types of results for you. Labeling is a way, labeling is a way of refinement in terms of those searches, and I guess we could be doing some refinements, uh, but that is a little more complicated and more time. Um, sat, and it takes more time, so we haven't done that yet. But in combination of that, I mean, I, yeah, I do agree that's where personalization uh, can and remove results can, you know, affect. Obviously, if you unsubscribe from my link, you're not going to get those results anymore. You don't trust me as much. So, um, yeah, please go ahead and click on a cool Google Co-op link and subscribe. That would be great. Um, Chris, do you have anything else you want to add to that? Yeah, one more thing. Just to continue on that topic for a second, I, I certainly agree with you that the subscribing, you know, that the certain members that are going to be subscribing to a lot of sites and that are very active in there will certainly, uh, that'll kind of increase their trustability or their, their clout within the system. But I also think that the members that are out there that are labeling the hell out of pages um, are going to be very uh, cloudy as well, <laughs> you know, because, uh, you know, they're spending a lot of time labeling pages, and that's helping the system. So I would say that, you know, that's one of the reasons that it's not as, as much because you've you got a ton of subscribers, but also uh, a factor of getting into the actual directory of co-op is going to be how many pages you label. But we'll wait and see. Cool. Very cool. And uh, there are some great resources. If you want to learn more about the Google Co-op, just do a search in our search box at the top right of the, of the search and roundtable. Type in Google Co-op. I've, I've written, I can't tell you, uh, probably about 10 or so articles on it, um, you know, what it is, how to actually implement it, how we've implemented it, and some of the other directories out there. So go ahead and do a search, and you'll find a lot of good resources out there on the Google Co-op. Um, okay, so the next topic I wanted to discuss um, is the Microsoft Ad Center bug. It happened on Friday morning, and throughout Friday morning, um, there have been several posts saying, basically, you know, take a look at this. You're, you log into your account, you have a minimum bid of, let's say, $0.30 cents on a keyword, and then you're seeing, based on the report, that you're being charged $16 per click. Uh, can you imagine that? And you can see, here's another example. Somebody was charged $5.10 per click for something they set at $0.44. Cents. Um, people's daily spend increased from $140 to $1,350. I mean, it's just ridiculous numbers. You see some screenshots of this actually happening, a minimum bid of $0.50, cents, and you see an average CPC of $281.58. These are ridiculous numbers, and this happened. It was actually fixed later in the afternoon. So it was a bug since early morning, and it was actually fixed later in the afternoon. And it was actually real. It wasn't just a reporting error, and Microsoft actually had to go ahead and um, issue credits to all the advertisers, and I'm sure these credits are huge. I would estimate probably in the millions, in the, you know, in the thousand, in the, probably in the millions. I mean, the amount of money that was spent and stuff like that, it was just ridiculous. So um, it was pretty big. And, you know, Ben, I don't know what you found about this, but do you see anything with that? 
Um, yeah, a little bit. I was monitoring a few ad center campaigns. Just it was really crazy what was going on, and even some of these like really average CPCs that were like two hundred eighty-one dollars. I mean, some of these particular ads weren't even like in the top position. So it's like, what happened to those advertisers that were bidding like number one? Um, you know, it was like in the thousands of dollars a click. You know. Um, and there's been a lot of these like little hiccups and, and blurbs and stuff like that that's been going on with like even Yahoo, Google, and, and MSN now. And I don't know why some of these things are happening, but um, you know I hope that these webmasters get their money back for you know any money they spent. Um, I'm just really curious as to why this originally happened and why it affected so many different people. Yeah, I mean I don't know, and I don't think they gave an answer. They just said it was a bug, and I guess it's best that they don't give an answer on that because then people will try to exploit it again. Chris, what, you, I mean, what have you seen on this? Well, um, I, I do the. We have a new weekly, or it's actually now it's it's not new anymore. But we actually have our own site, SearchMarketingTrends.com, where I do a weekly uh, newsletter for Avenue A. And this is a topic that we've been working on, uh, and that I have literally. You should see the email chain on it. Uh, you know, there's one person that said they pulled the reports and uh, that say hundreds of dollars, showing that they spend five times the amount we might normally spend in a day. Uh, going to need to, you know, have have something really quick, an official statement to explain this to the client, you know, because this is obviously, you know, there's a fair amount of clients that have been affected on this. Um, apparently, uh, the invoices are for February will have the correct amounts reflected, is uh, what we've been told, and uh, we fortunately caught it in time before we actually sent out any invoices, you know, with these with these numbers in there. So uh, this is something that is uh, is a pretty huge topic, and uh, uh, you know I hate to say it, but MSN, you know, here you go, you stepped in it again, and uh, it seems like almost every other show or something like that, we're talking about something that MSN screwed up on. So it's such a shame uh, that, and and you know I, I hate to sound so mean towards them, but I mean Microsoft is is you know they have their issues and their problems as well, but. What is it that makes MSN so prone to these kind of uh, to these kind of issues with with the system? I think it's a, on a larger level. There's some serious problems over there. Uh, you know, um, I, it's just it's sad. I think because I, I really think that Yahoo and, and Google do need another strong competitor. And right now, MSN is just consistently not showing up. It's true. It's true. And I mean, they are new, but so is Yahoo and. Um, that's the next topic. Is there was a major glitch over at Yahoo as well. Their search marketing program, where they charged, I think, several advertisers forty-two times what was in their account. So, if they had, you know, you know, increased my, you know, whenever my account is depleted by, you know, whatever, down, you know, say my market is like fifty dollars. If I'm, if I need more money, you know, charge me a thousand dollars every time. This advertiser was charged forty-two times, and. That obviously equals forty-two thousand dollars, and there were several people who actually were charged forty-two times their, you know, increase. So um, Yahoo handled it, I think, well. You know, I think Microsoft handled it pretty well too. But I think Yahoo handled it well, as, you know, also pretty well. And they posted in the forum saying, "Yes, this is a technical issue. We are, you know, going to issue credit right away, and we apologize if you want to. If you need immediate assistance, please just call us." Um, right now, it, all it did really was authorize it. It didn't authorize hold, meaning the card wasn't really charged. It was just the funds on the credit card were held. So it wasn't that big of a deal, but it did place some problems with, with companies buying other inventory because if the card, the credit card has a, you know, a limit on how much you can spend, an authorized hold will actually not allow you to charge more than what your limit is. So if your limit was $42,000 and 
you were had an authorized hold of $42,000, you would not be able to spend any more on that credit card. And if you had inventory to buy on credit, you were unable to do that. So Yahoo remedied the issue pretty quickly. Um, they spoke with advertisers who had a problem, and they did a pretty good job addressing it in the forums. Uh, Chris, what are your thoughts over that? We fortunately did not get hit as hard on this one uh, because primarily, you know, we're in a billing type of uh, situation with Yahoo. But uh, I could see, you know, someone that has like an American Express card on there or something like that all of a sudden, you know, getting uh, an authorized for 100000 It It was, uh, it must have been a headache. Uh, you know, back on what I said a minute ago, I hope MSN doesn't think I was too harsh uh, if they even listen to this radio show. But one thing is, one thing that you get is you see Yahoo Sarah in in there and in there quick all the time. And, and i, I got to say, she really does a good job. I assume her, it's a she because it's Yahoo Sarah. So, uh, But, uh, you know, the the person, whoever the, the entity is that is Yahoo Sarah, does a great job at, at, at being proactive about answering on these things. Right. Um, okay, so let's see here. Uh, we'll get into the next topic um, after this commercial break. So let's hit a commercial break and um, no, we'll get into the. Oh, we didn't get to Ben. Ben, did you talk about this? Or no? No. It's okay. It's okay. I actually thought it was kind of funny. I didn't have any necessarily, you know, specific instances that I saw that this was happening, but um, I thought it was kind of funny that you know a webmaster would log in and see that their charges cards getting charged forty-two times and the panic that would stick in their face. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, I knew you didn't have, you know. And he's I mean, what can you say about it? You know, they got charged 42 times. You know, they didn't really lose any money, but at the same time, they got a nice shock. So I, I thought it was more of a funny <laughs> instance more than anything. <laughs> okay, cool. All right, so let's hit a commercial break now, and we'll get into the Google AdWords quality score and how it's been impacting advertisers. Let's hit a commercial break. Sit tight and don't move. The Pulse. We'll be back after this short break. It's all about links, baby. Content is king, but links are what you need to get you those all-important organic search listings. Float to the top of your keyword listings within the major portals while driving targeted traffic to your website at the same time. Work with a company with a proven track record for delivering results for thousands of individual website owners and major Fortune 500 companies. TextLinkAds.com is your source for securing relevant links. Baby, textlinkads.com. Attention webmasters. Wish you could convert more web traffic into cash? No need to rub a lamp. Just click on genienose.com. Install a search box on your site or incorporate paid listings XML into search results. And at your command, genienose.com pays cash for each result your users click on. Enjoy prompt payment and superior customer service. Earn even more through our referral program. Genienose has delivered results. G-E-N-I-E-K-N-O-W-S.com. Now, back to The Pulse, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's your host. Hi, and welcome back to The Search Pulse. This is Barry Schwartz. Again, with me is Chris Boggs and Ben Pfeiffer. So let's go into a pure SEO topic. Um, actually, Ben wrote this one. Um... Basically, the question is, how long do you spend training a client after SEO or design work is done? Um, and it's a good question. Uh, it depends on how much, uh, I guess, on how hands-on 
um, one is in terms of being an SEO company. Some SEO companies do all the work. Some SEO companies do zero work and just tell consultants, tell clients what to do. Um, so I guess let's start off with Ben. Let's get your opinion. Yeah, this is a good question. I mean, it, it just depends a lot of times on like the client that you have and what kind of you know needs that they they need based on you know the campaign that you're doing for them. I mean, you know, some clients I'll work with is just spend hours just trying to you know basically teach them you know how search engines work and things that they can do for their site. Um, and it's not oftentimes you know it's like place keyword here in title or place keyword here, write this sentence and it's 55 characters. It's usually not like that, but it's more overall type of strategies that they can think about when they're you know working to, you know, build better rankings in the search engines and uh, just informing them type of stuff. And so, you know, the thread on high rankings was really good and they had a lot of discussion of, about what other people were doing. And, um, you know, some people mentioned that um, one of the best ways in order to, you know, a lot for training time is to actually budget for it in the beginning um, and make sure that if they ask for any training afterwards that you charge for it. Um, I know I'm a big proponent of that. I've, people oftentimes call you up after campaigns over and say, hey, how do I do this and that? And, you know, before you know it, two hours are gone and you've already told them all the things they need to do and you, they don't charge, get charged for it. Um, so, you know, some, one person had a pretty good idea. Um, you know, they asked the question, is like, what's the trick? The trick for me was figuring out when to stop training particularly because, um, you know, you can train a lot of clients and they, they made a good point that intelligent clients usually like to know a lot of stuff and so they'll, they'll spend the time kind of getting to know it so they kind of have an idea um, you know, I've run into intelligent clients, too, at the other end that just kind of don't want to worry about it whatsoever because their brain power is so focused on a different task. Um, so they're just like, you know, just do it and forget about it. Um, at the other time, you have other people that just, you know, want to get by with the best, the bare minimum that's possible and move on to it. Um, so I think it's a pretty good topic overall, and it, it varies wildly based on what the um, what you have. Cool. Yeah, I agree. It's a lot about, you know, the type of clients and what they need and, I mean, Chris, you know, how do you guys handle it over there? Well, back from my personal experience back when I used to do more account management time work, uh, that would certainly be kind of a headache sometimes. Uh, now that uh, the account managers handle most of that, um, I, I no longer have to do that. But I know that one of the things that they, that they complain about and primarily is implementation. So uh, it seems like that's one of the biggest kind of ongoing training is to just to actually get them to implement the stuff, uh, let alone uh, training them how to do the recommendations. So that was, it's like an ongoing sale after the recommendations have already been delivered. It's funny. Cool. Very good stuff. Um, okay, so next topic is, does Google use click data for ranking purposes? Meaning, um, does Google track clicks when you actually do a search for, let's say you do a search for SEO and you click on the first link, does Google actually know that you click on that link? And if so, I'm sure they do know that. But if they, but do they actually collect that data to figure out if they should boost that site's ranking or not, or decrease it? So, I'm personally of the belief that they do not use that outside of personalized search. That they don't, tra and they track the data, but I don't think they use it to figure out, okay, this site should be moved up, this site should be moved down. That's not, I don't think it's part of their their organic algorithm for ranking sites. I think it's part of their personalized search results because they know what you click on, and obviously what sites you find more popular. But on an aggregate level, I don't think they, they do. Obviously, um, a lot of people might disagree, but, you know, let's start with Chris and see what are your thoughts on that. Well, my first thought is that Barry has been uh, wearing some tinfoil on his head. But, uh, you know, I, I, I don't really comment unless I saw an actual sample in a study that, that either proved it or disproved it. But it seems a little bit far-fetched to me. 
Okay. I agree. Um, ben, what are your thoughts? Um, yeah, I, 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 nah, I, don't, I, I don't know about far-fetched. It's just, you know, I think they probably do use it in some extent, but it's just kind of to what, you know, do they do it? Um, it's been always a kind of a question that's been in the back of a lot of people's minds, like how much they do actually do use it um, and for exactly what. I think it would get really complicated if they start, you know, doing this on a large scale. Um, you know, is it scalable to do this type of stuff? I have no idea, but um, it would be interesting to see uh, or, or learn in the future to see what they actually do with this kind of data. Uh, yes, yeah, so I guess that's interesting stuff in general. I think people do believe that Google does it. Um, I just don't. I, I don't. Anyway, Google to show advertisers where contextual ads are displayed. This is really. This was um, blogged about yesterday. Jen Jennifer Slag over at uh, GenSense and also at Search Engine Land went ahead and posted um, some information based on a New York Times article. The New York Times article was about something else, but it had a quote from Kim Malone of the Google AdSense team. Basically saying, I'll read it to you. In the next few months, Google advertisers, uh, Google advertiser reports will begin listing the sites where each ad runs. Um, she added um, that advertisers on the Google network would soon be able to bid contextually on a particular website rather than simply buying keywords that appear across Google's entire network. Basically, as an advertiser, you never knew exactly what site your your ads kept showing up on on the content network. So, if I'm running AdSense on site ABC.com. Um, you would not know necessarily that this, the click my ad, you know, your ad is on that site. Now Google Whoops says in a few weeks or months they'll be actually showing you, they'll be showing you that data. They'll actually be showing you where your ad is actually running on. Um, I think this is great. Um, unbelievable how Jen found this is a little paragraph within a bigger article, and you know everybody in the different forums are pretty happy about it. So yeah, I mean Ben, what are your thoughts on it? Um, I think this is a really positive change, especially for the advanced advertisers out there that want to know this type of information, where their ads are showing up, um, you know, give them a whole lot more control over their campaign and where their ads are popping up, and they can kind of evaluate on their own a little bit, you know, now or in the future, more about the quality of traffic that's coming their way, and kind of make determinations for themselves, and if not, make changes accordingly. Um, so I think, yeah, it's a real positive type of situation. You know, for AdSense advertisers, maybe not. But, you know, there's always there's always plenty of people out there that don't really give a darn about this. They just want the traffic. Um, so there'll be, there's plenty of money still out there for AdSense publishers. Cool. Definitely. And, uh, Chris, what do you thought? I'm just wondering what a huge logistic issue this is going to be. I mean, how are you going to... How are you going to compile that data? And let's say you have a, a pretty popular keyword, and it, it, from, it said that we'll soon be able to bid on contextual ads on particular websites rather than simply buying keywords. So what is How's it? That I done? mean, what uh, is their Right now, AdSense ads have a link, you know, you know, advertise here. Right, right. But what is their current uh, total number of publishers? I mean, where are they going to put all this data? How are you going to be able to sort through it just to figure out where you want to be. I mean, are they going to rank it in terms of, uh, you know, the amount of traffic that particular publisher gets? It just seems to me like it's going to be a, a huge headache to try to figure out how to best uh, leverage yeah, that this was, information. Yeah, those are my thoughts, too, like, you know, how they can actually show it in the reports. But I guess they could do it by date range, time zone, by time, by time, like, you know, say for Monday between this and this time, your ads start on these URLs. And as you said, they could also order it by, you know, amount of impressions or amount of clicks. Um, but obviously there's tons of pages. So is it going to be a site-by-site -site basis, like domain basis, or is it going to be URL-by-URL basis? It's a little bit fuzzy. We don't know the exact information. So, but I mean, for, me, 
for me, I would want to be able to like automatically identify uh, um, um, MFA and just remove it. So, you know, it'd be great if Google just went the next step and said, okay, this is likely an MFA. Uh, made for AdSense for anyone who doesn't know what that, that means, but it's a, it's a scraper site that's been created just to host AdSense. So, I mean, you know, are they going to go that next step and just do that work for me too, hopefully? Because then I would really consider the contextual product. In the past, I've always told, you know, private consulting clients not to use the contextual product. And I know that, I mean, Avenue A, I'm not, I'm not sure for all of our clients, but I, I know that it's not used at, at the same level as it is for, mm-hmm. as the traditional uh, search network is. So this could right. be a great move for Google to get more people. I, I agree. Right. But it, right. it needs a lot of work to, to clean it up, to present it. Right. And I'm sure you guys over in Avenue A use the AdWords API on a pretty sophisticated level. And according to a Google Groups thread, um, by AdWords API advisor, he said that Google Groups, I um, mean, sorry, AP, the Google, API, Google AdWords API will not be showing the quality score figure, meaning it won't say, it won't give a great, okay, poor value, but it actually, he actually gave us some information basically telling us what constitutes a great, okay, and poor value. So, for example, um, Google will be giving you a minimum bid number, and that minimum bid can translate exactly into what the quality score value would be. So great keywords have a minimum bid less than or equal to four cents. Okay quality score keywords have a minimum bid between five cents and thirty cents. And poor keywords have a minimum bid that is higher than thirty cents. So this is pretty good information if you guys who use APIs want to go ahead and um, you know translate that into your reports or if you any automated reports for your clients. Um, I'm not sure if Chris or Ben uh, Chris do you have anything you want to say to that? No, I mean that's pretty cut and dry. It's, uh, it's yeah. cool, but yeah, it'll just take that work. Cool, cool. I don't think we have any below grade anyway, so. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all are cool then. <laughs> uh, ben, I had a question for you. With Yahoo yeah. Search, when, when you click on cache link and the search results, did it highlight the keywords in the past? Like um, It does actually, yeah. And um, I actually like this a whole lot because I use this on a regular basis to search through documents and Google. And uh, when I saw your post on this, I was pretty happy that they were doing this. Oh, they haven't they done it in the past? I, mean, I don't know. I wasn't sure if it was done in the past or you know, they stopped. or I don't know. I, I, Maria from, uh, you know, Mar- actually Marsha posted at Webmaster World a thread saying they just added a link. Um, they just added highlighting of keywords to the cache results. And I'm not sure if it was done before or not, but I, I took her word for it. And she's, you know, been around for ages and she knows her stuff. But I don't, I don't remember either way. Do you remember? Um, you know, I don't... I don't think they did. Um, in, in my opinion, I guess you might have used it by now, especially with the colors. I, I can't I exactly remember, but I don't think they did, they've done before. Um, and I guess I can't remember necessarily because I haven't really used Yahoo Cash that much. Um, I usually mainly use Google. Uh, why is somebody disputing that it, it's not a new thing? Um, no, I mean, I think Brett Tapsky said he wasn't sure, but he thinks it was there before. I, I'm not sure. Chris, what do you think? I mean, on the highlighting? Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, on the highlighting keywords? I'm sorry. I was just yeah, uh, was trying Yahoo, to get in. Was, was Yahoo highlighting keywords in the cache? I never I never noticed it before. I never noticed it before. And that well, when I read you, it. You can it, actually it, use the Google toolbar to highlight Yahoo cache in the same way that that looks like they're doing. Uh. So, like, you can go into their cache, and then you can use the Google toolbar, and then select the, the highlight feature, and it will highlight all the information in the colors, just like it's kind of very similar to Google. 
Um, so, I mean, that's possible. Right. And the Matt Cutts actually made a comment saying that Yahoo is actually using the same exact color codes for each keyword. Uh, each <laughs> you thought it was funny that Yahoo was copying them. So, um, Anyway, <laughs> so let's go into lightning round. We have about five minutes left of the show, and this is where I Da-da-da. just go ahead and kind of blast through these, uh, these topics. So let me just make a note here, lightning round. This Da-da-da. way, for the recap, I got it. And Chris has played the lightning round music, and here we go. Um, keywords in AdWords are... Okay, so these are the new. keywords in AdWords has been automatically, some are being activated or inactivated automatically, and there's no rhyme or reason. The quality score has remained the same for these keywords, but in AdWords there seems some type of bug where some keywords are being activated, some keywords are being act- inactivated, even if the quality score stays the same. Um, I'm not sure if that's been fixed or not, but it's been reported. Um, there was a big topic about Google Maps, um, how it's some of the information there is wrong, or a lot of information there is wrong, and... Specifically, it was a big, I, I did a, even got dig like 400 times where I where I kind of, you know, over-exaggerated on a topic where I say, you know, Google Maps sends health emergencies to the wrong location because Google Maps listed a phone number of a hospital, but the ho- it wasn't the actual hospital where they wanted to go, and people call that number, and obviously people are going to call 911, but it was just a big topic, and they fixed the number, and I then followed up with a post on how to, find uh, how to actually tell Google if there are errors on your maps, what to do. Um, next thing is Google has been testing italics titles in the AdSense ads. So if you see AdSense ads with, like, that are italicized, then that's just a test. Uh, it might last, it might not. It's been seen a lot recently. Also, Google has been testing a special video AdSense ad unit. I'm not sure if it's, if it's official, but it looks pretty cool, and I'll post a link to that in the recap. Google's Gmail also shows thematic, you know, contextual-related AdWords ads or AdSense ads. So if you're doing a, a post or writing an email about link building, it might show you a, um, an, an ad about um, at the top um, to link building to link building campaigns, or it might show you something to Google Webmaster Central or something like that. Um, Google Apps Premier Edition has launched. Um, you can actually pay Google for you know Gmail support or Google Docs or whatever support. It's actually pretty cool, and a lot of discussion on that as well. Google has been sending out a lot more Google coolers like the Google fridges and um, you got to spend a ton of money, but they have been sending it out, and I don't know anybody personally got it, or maybe I have. I don't. I haven't really spoken to anybody about it, but they are. They have been sending them out, and some pictures up in the blog on that. Um, I talked a little bit about the Google Customer Search Engine and some topics we found about that. Nothing really major. Uh, Google. I just gave some tips on geo-targeting within the Yahoo Search Marketing uh, program. I also wrote about how AdWords, AdWords launched a new AdWords editor, version 3.0, and the Mac version is coming out in a few weeks. It only works on the PC version right now. has some added features. Uh, you could actually, I wrote about how Google, how you could actually use <laughs> a Google Pages to promote Google referral products. So it's pretty clever on how this person did it. I'm not going to get into the detail, but I'll put a link on to it on the blog because we don't have any time for it right now. Um, Google Map stickers, like a little map sticker that you can actually put on your window for your business is being tested in the U.K., and actually Google emailed me today saying they're going to send me a Google Map sticker for my office here, which I'll post it out once I get it. Google Images is now back with their old design. Uh, Google Apps for your domain name, is there, is, are they asking for trouble? There's a little verification process, and somebody asked, you know, is there a way to actually hack into this, and it's out there. Yahoo actually... Yahoo Sarah in the forums actually introduced a new Yahoo app named Yahoo Pete, who will be focusing on the Yahoo search marketing side of things, and Yahoo Sarah now will be focusing on the Yahoo Publisher Network. 
Um, Webmaster World and Creative Site Forum both launched social media optimization forums. And Lee Evans um, is actually one of the mods at the Creative Site Forums. Go Lee. And Ask.com has renewed their contract with LookSmart. Also, um, Chris and Ben want to reach out to the chat room and say hello. They're sorry they couldn't participate in the chat room. And um, that pretty much wraps up today's uh, you know, coverage. That was the 21st edition of the Search Pulse. I will post a recap either later today or tomorrow. Um, you can find it at seroundtable.com. Please don't forget to subscribe to our Google Co-op network. Just go to the seroundtable.com, look for the little cartoon Barry. On the right, left-hand side of that is the Google Co-op link. Click on that and click subscribe. Um, any comments or anything, just go ahead and feel and comment at us or contact us via the Contact Us form. Uh, again, that was the 21st edition. Um, and also make sure to check out the search engine marketing, searchmarketingtrends.com. Chris Boggs, searchmarketingtrends.com. That was Tuesday, February 27th. Again, see you next week at 5 p.m. Eastern Time. Everyone, have a great night.